Hello, hello, Jordan Lee here. I am excited to continue in my Build Your House series. In light of the new school year, I will be diving into what the Word says about training children. In addition, I'll be sharing my personal testimonies in relation to this topic. While I am new to parenting, I know that with the wisdom of the Word, the leading and correction from the Holy Spirit, and godly headship, my children will be in good, scratch that, great hands. The message and focus verse for this episode comes from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 22, 6, which reads, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. For those who have an ear, let them hear. For those who listen to the Holy Nurtured podcast regularly, you know that the themes of spirit, mind, and body are regularly discussed in my episodes. My aim and predominant focus is to provide content that nurtures my listeners holistically, in other words, wholly nurtured. As children of God, we are made in the image of God, Imago Dei. This is in reference to the Spirit. We also are gifted from God with our minds and our physical bodies. More importantly, just as we must fill our spiritual, mental, and physical tanks through appropriate nourishment, likewise, we too as parents must replicate this to our future generations, and that begins with the children we have now. Train. Train is defined as the teaching of a person of a particular skill or type of behavior through practice and instruction over a period of time. Teaching can be broken into two pieces, education and training. Education is based on the text, in this case, the Bible. Secondly, training is centered around practical application, in short, practice. As new parents, Norris and I have to constantly place ourselves mentally, emotionally, and physically in the shoes of Shiloh. We have to remember that at 15 months, we did not know how to fully communicate, properly feed ourselves, or know how much food is too much or too little or even know that what behaviors are good or bad. Naturally, at this age, learning is taught predominantly through observation or what many of us have learned in general psychology as observational learning or modeling, followed by assisted or self-guided practice. Therefore, centering our behavior around biblical principles allows Shiloh to witness Christ without understanding the story of the blameless lamb. Clearly, the learning process takes time. Timing is the element of development that requires precision and execution. Precision comes from confidence and preparation and execution from practice. Proverbs explains that children have sin bound up in them. 
So when Shiloh is being needy, meaning extra needing an extra feed, emotion to be emotionally soothed, then the appropriate response is discipline because our child needs to develop emotional boundaries and be stable. Yet, in all circumstances, love must be joined with the discipline and love with discipline. Even so, beyond early adult years, there are many young adults who do not know how to communicate or effectively communicate. In other words, they were not trained up properly. What I am not saying is we need to have it all together, or at a certain age we will reach completion of understanding and application of knowledge. Neither am I saying that we must be perfect in our training. However, as ambassadors of Christ, which is God's mission, we have a significant responsibility to, as Colossians 3.17 reads, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. In short, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we must seek to train our children with excellence, knowing that our work is not in vain, but a service that should serve to bring honor, glory, and thanksgiving to God. Lastly, before we get into the meat and potatoes of this message, or in our house, the beans and grains, we must remember this. We reap what we sow. As Proverbs 22, 6 reads, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So ponder this. What do we as mothers, parents, and or educators want to reap? If we truly have the desire for our children to not depart from the truth and instruction of the word, it begins with what we sow in our time with our children. This begins with spiritual nourishment. As I shared earlier, observational learning is what significantly transpires in the teaching and developmental process the first handful of years of life. Vocabulary and comprehension of words and more significantly, the good news of Jesus Christ is not what children at this age can quite grasp, accept, and live out. While there is no harm reading the word of God to your child or sharing the gospel, Doing this and expecting your child to come to believe, accept, and live for Christ at this age is not highly possible. Our human condition is driven by our need or crave for essential and non-essential things. As parents, what we do or not do has more power in shaping the needs and desires of our children. 1 Peter 2 verses 2-3 through reads, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Know that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As a mama who fears the Lord, it is my responsibility to shed a positive but truthful light on who I live for and why through my actions or physical labor. Through observation, when I operate in the Spirit, Shiloh can observe Christ-like characteristics 
discussed within Galatians 5 verses 22 through 23, which when she comes to an age of comprehension, critical thinking, and her own personal responsibility to an extent, will know that mama is filled and moved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was given to us from Jesus, and Jesus does and did the work of the Father, God, with whom my mom and dad have a very important relationship with. That understanding will create a craving or a longing to have a relationship for herself with God too. It's not so much what we say, however, it is what we do. Actions speak louder than words. As a wife and mother, Shiloh is watching. She is being trained by how I conduct myself with my husband, with her, in my home, outside of my home, and around others. As Titus 2 verse 7 reads, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works and teaching show integrity dignity, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Is Norris demonstrating this in home, in the home and outside the home for Shiloh, myself, and her future siblings to see? Godly husbands serve as the structure of the home. Correspondingly, Am I, according to Titus 2, verse 4, showing love to my husband and children, being self-controlled and pure, busy at home, kind and operating in godly submission to my husband? Am I building my house, as we discuss heavily in this podcast in relation to Proverbs 14, 1, and chapter 9, verse 1, says that a wise woman does? Are we as a couple living out what Colossians 1.10 says? So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. With all three areas today, three elements are critical for parents to possess and improve upon. These include discipline, consistency, and structure. All three are interrelated, but mutually exclusive. To model how we spiritually nourish ourselves, we must be consistent in how we respond and react as parents to the behaviors and attitudes of our daughter. The verses I shared earlier demand Norris and I to execute daily through personal and relational discipline, consistency, and God-officiated structure from His Word. Although I've been a Christian more than half of my life, I struggle at times to transfer the faith, wisdom, and disciplines I had as a single woman, and then a married young woman, to now a married young woman with children. Experiencing this gives me personal insight and grace as I watch my daughter exercise in the mental, physical, and one-day spirit. When we know Shiloh has been fed, her diaper is dry, she is rested, she has been played with and physically soothed, and she is not in any physical pain, if she throws a tantrum, 
we must consistently, in love, verbalize that our behavior is not acceptable and if necessary, remove Shiloh from the room to her crib where she will have quiet time to discourage her behavior. We both, we both, must be consistent with our discipline so that she understands that there are consequences to disobedience and as a couple, we are one unit. We know according to Hebrews 12 verse 6, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scrooges every son whom he receives. God disciplines those he loves. Why? Because through discipline, correction, and in other words, pruning, which we read in John 15, we are able to bear fruit or be more fruitful. While she may not quite grasp this yet, we pray that when she does develop a relationship with God, she will have an earthly example of how God disciplines and corrects His children so that they will be safe from harm and not depart from His ways and truths. While this may seem elementary or small, consistently disciplining now, sowing in this area, will allow for reaping the older she gets, as well as planting the seed that through God's watering will flourish. Lastly, the spiritual disciplines of fervent prayer, reading of the word, and fellowship with believers with whom we are equally yoked in the sense of sharing the same biblical values and truths will both humble, guide, and equip us to carry out our roles as parents, but also demonstrate seeking God and living life according to His ways. Physical Nourishment For those who know me, I am a major foodie who lives on the food philosophy that food should serve to energize, strengthen, and heal you. I am also a huge promoter of a diet that is filled with a multiplicity of colors coming from whole foods. My family and I eat a predominantly plant-based diet. I shared in a previous episode, which I will link in the show notes, that we've chosen to eat this way because both Norris and I love the way a diet that is packed with fruits, vegetables, legumes, nuts, seeds, and grains makes us feel before, during, and after consumption. We also love that it supports our energy, active lifestyle, and physique goals as post-collegiate track athletes and now parents. Obviously, we align with the benefits that come from eating this way for our health long-term. As I shared in the episode, I am personally convicted to eat this way as a means of encouraging and supporting our daughter to carry this lifestyle of eating plant-based for the majority, if not all, her life. Therefore, to encourage eating foods that promote energy, strength, and healing, or in the essence, vital life, Shiloh must first observe her parents doing the same. Again, at this stage in the game, at 15 months, Shiloh learns through observational learning with assisted and self-guided practice. As parents, we shape the food culture in our home. How we prepare food 
And most significantly, what we eat, when we eat, and how we eat can encourage or discourage what our children eat. To be transparent, Shiloh eats 90% of what we eat regularly. The other 10% is due to when Norris and I may eat out or our occasional maple syrup consumption for our pancakes and oatmeal, or if we have a meal or two that includes an animal product. Out of everything we've given Shiloh to eat over the last nine months of her solid consumption, peas are not a favorite. However, outside of that, Shiloh eats her food with gladness and at times aggression, (laughs) an area we are currently working on. As a mama with many new mama friends, I hear stories of their children not eating certain foods, not drinking water or very little, or not using utensils. When it comes to deliberately not eating a meal or specific food items in particular, not eating whole food items and preferring processed food, you as a parent must take accountability. While we may introduce solids between four to six months of age, your baby will begin tasting food long before then. How long? In the womb and while he or she breastfeeds. Did you know amniotic fluid tastes like whatever you ate? Similarly, so does breast milk. If your diet is void of fresh fruits and vegetables, your child may not have a taste or appreciation for them. If you are feeding your child processed products as soon as they begin having solids, whether whole food baby food or not, that is what they will come to have a taste for. Obviously, in the early, early days of solid introduction, babies will be a little more picky, and that is simply due to them embarking on something they've never experienced before in conjunction with what they've tasted in utero and through breast milk. Therefore, I highly, highly, highly encourage women who want to have children or are currently pregnant to have diets rich in foods that they want their child to consume. For those who have children already, whether younger than Shiloh or older, this begins by shifting the culture in your home and what is found in your fridge and on your plate first. This will require personal accountability, discipline, consistency, and structure on your end. For those who have to make this transition, this will be a time where you can expand your palate and improve the physical health of your entire family. Proverbs 12 verse 24 reads, The hand of the diligent will rule, while the slothful will be put to forced labor. If you are diligent in your efforts in providing the physical nourishment your family needs now or your future family, you will not have to endure the ailments, sicknesses, medication, doctor or hospital visits that may come when you and your family fall into what most of the United States falls under, malnourished. Malnourished not in the sense of not having access or means of obtaining and consuming food. However, the lack of appropriate and balanced diets that are filled with nutrients coming naturally from the earth to support one's general health, 
due to a predominant consumption of processed foods, meat, and dairy. Yes, it takes a lot more time to prepare foods for your family and your child from scratch. However, you must decide if you want to live an extended and enjoyable life or an abrupt up and down, to and fro because your bad health dictates your life. In our home, we've established to Shiloh that we eat our meals as a family. She recognizes this pattern, so much so that if one of us is eating a snack or a meal and she is not in her high chair with food on her plate, she will get fussy. In particular, she'll get super fussy when mama is eating. Daddy, however, can eat a snack or a separate meal in peace. Crazy, right? Can I get an amen, fellow mamas? While Shiloh has mastered the ability to self-feed with a spoon as well as her hands for some time now, due to following a baby-led approach alongside purees, she up until a few weeks ago needed additional parental training in her eating speed. What I mean is making sure she does not stuff her mouth without a full chew and swallow. Therefore, for the month of August, with consistency and discipline on our end as parents, we monitored and assisted her feeds by loading up her spoon and feeding her for a week as well as only giving her what she would need finger food wise until she showed that she chewed and swallowed her food. Naturally, she was not a huge fan taking a step back. However, the Lord disciplines those he loves and we as parents had to discipline Shiloh through daily practice on the speed of eating and the chewing and swallowing one bite at a time. The second week, we alternated between spoon feeding her ourselves and giving her a self-loaded spoon to feed herself, which naturally she was a lot more content with. On the third week, we focused on the latter, which was giving her freedom to self-feed while we still loaded occasionally, allowing her to self-load. Finally, last week, we repeated the third week with sprinkles of putting her plate on her high chair table and allowing her to do the process by herself with instruction and commands when necessary. Was it easy or fun for us to do this? Nope. Sadly, <laughs> baby girl loves food like her mama and enjoys her food pendants, aka food independence. However, as parents who desire to live biblical lives, we understand that training up a child in the way he or she should go is critical for all areas of Shiloh's life. What type of food is regularly consumed and the process is vital for Shiloh's short and long-term health. Eating foods that help to energize strengthen and heal her now will be what she knows to be true and good for her body because she consistently consumes these foods and will be able to effectively feed herself without choking or stomach ache from eating too much too fast. Similarly, within physical nourishment, 
demonstrating the importance of physical activity and sleep is what we as parents must do to encourage balanced physical nourishment. Since Shiloh was in utero, mama was on the move. Whether it was a daily walk, workout with daddy, or simply moving around in the house to cook or clean. An active lifestyle was promoted before her conception, in utero, and still today, 15 months out of the womb. Not surprising though, if Shiloh is not sleeping or eating, she wants us, she wants to do some specialized activities. Now at 15 months, she finally will sit down for moments of time to study a book or play with the toy. When she began to pull herself up to stand around six months, she began the movement of rowing. She was emulating mommy and daddy doing their TRX row or the TRX squat to row. Within the last few weeks, she uses her books as a platform to squat. Sometimes she will have both feet on the book. Other times she has one leg elevated and one leg on the carpet. When we tell her to squat and start counting, she drops it low, low to the flow, flow and back up. (laughs) Someone is clearly watching. My husband Norris purchased a mini basketball hoop and ball with which we've enjoyed shooting hoops in the house. And guess what? Shiloh will take the mini basketball from the middle of the living room to where the basketball hoop resides on the door of our bedroom. Observational learning and application. Sleeping. We all know our need for sleep for general health, illness, and especially for growth and development for babies and children. Just as we've trained and will continue to train Shiloh on how to eat and encourage physical activity, we too do the same for sleeping. Now, sleep training has been a roller coaster due to all the sleep regressions that come with a constantly growing and evolving baby. However, what has significantly helped us help Shiloh is by following a consistent and appropriate to her needs nighttime routine. This rule of thumb goes for her daytime naps as well. As parents, we must be disciplined with structuring our day in accordance to our child as structure and consistency is essential for good quality sleep for babies and adults. At 11 months, Shiloh began understanding the nap time pattern. For us, this included a nursing session, light chatter or singing the Shiloh curated songs, and placing her in her crib and saying, it's time for a nap, night, night. On good days, she will go from her standing position to flat onto her tummy to nap. On rougher days, it may take her five to 10 minutes to settle before she will calm down and sleep. As Shiloh's mama, I am amazed at her mental development that is demonstrated by her verbal responses and physical actions. Mental nourishment. Lastly, mental nourishment. Again, Proverbs 22, verse 6 reads, 
train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Mental nourishment includes the training of the mind, which involves emotional health and well-being. As believers in Jesus Christ, and then parents, it is our role to create and maintain an emotionally stable home environment. We are responsible for teaching Shiloh how to address her emotions appropriately. In other words, aligning emotions with the Word of God. One of the most significant emotions as believers we must tackle is fear. Fear can be, can be manifested through anxious thoughts and worry. Philippians 4 verses 6-7 through 7 reads, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We also know, according to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In my Prioritizing Peace episode, I shared that the phrase, fear not, is mentioned 365 times in the Bible. It is within our human nature to fear. However, God calls us not to be in fear of anything or anyone, but to trust in His plan, His will, His timing, and His protection. Remember, God wants us to remain in Christ. This is done by remaining in the spirit and not the flesh, by training our minds through prayer, as Philippians 4, 6-7 reads, and by abiding in Him through reading of His Word and meditating on it day and night. Thus, as parents, we must model emotions in light of the truth of the Word. Yes, we are human, and we will face fear. Naturally, we must comfort our children in these times, but give them clarity with the truth that they do not have to fear. Personally, when Shiloh is thrown off by a noise or something shakes her up, as her mama, I give her physical comfort through an embrace and, while hugging her, let her know that she is safe, she is protected, and that she has nothing to worry or fret about because mama is here and God is and he will continue to be forever present. In another instance, when anger strikes, the word tells us in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. My husband Norris and I are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. We, like all married couples, have disagreements or miscommunications, which leads to anger and arguments. A practice that we implemented in those early newborn days when no one got sleep and tempers could easily escalate was if someone was very mad. Instead of confronting at the peak of one's anger, the individual would take a lap around the block to cool down before engaging in conversation. We pray that when Shiloh is older, she will come to an understanding that when you are upset with someone, in the case of anger, 
confrontation is important as we know according to Matthew chapter 18 verse 15 which reads if your brother sins against you go and tell him his fault between you and him alone if he listens to you you have gained your brother However, it is more important that we respect and love our neighbor, husband, mother, or father by sharing our concerns, questions, and requests with a sober mind. Again, with a sober mind. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. As believers in Jesus Christ, we must remember that tribulations as such serve to strengthen our character and our testimony. Personally, as Shallow's mother, this is an area I can definitely improve upon by humbling myself and allowing the sharpening of iron and pruning from God through the trials I experience within my relationship with my husband. Another area that we can timely, that we can mentally <laughs> nourish our children through training is the teaching of guarding one's heart. Proverbs 4 verse 23 reads, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. How do we guard our child's heart? We do this by guarding their mind through what they see and hear. Our children emulate what they see and hear. In addition to being mindful in how we speak and respond to our child and others around us, we have to be mindful of the influences that come from what they watch, which includes what is being presented on TV, video games, what they listen to, music, or even other people who we have in our lives. Personally, my mom was adamant on what we could watch growing up. Television shows with adult content and language was not something she allowed us to watch until we were of appropriate age. Similarly, she did the same with music. In order to have new music on our iPods, back in the way, we had to receive her permission. As an adult now, I appreciate her guarding in this manner as it has kept me from using profanity as well as means of knowing that while I have freedom to consume whatever in relation to media such as television and music as an adult, not all media is beneficial for my spiritual, mental, or physical health and well-being. As such, we aspire to continue this for Shiloh through monitoring what television shows and or movies are on for her to watch at this age and beyond. While my eyes were open to the realities of the world later in life, I aspire to do things slightly different. Because the reality is, as parents, we cannot shield and monitor everything from our children, especially the older they get. It is important that we take the time when Shiloh is older and explain why we chose for her to not watch this or participate in that. Just as God gives us freedom of choice, Shiloh will one day have that and it's important she is trained up with the wisdom and knowledge so that she can make the choice to not depart from the truth and the ways that are best for her. Lastly, as parents, we can mentally nourish our children by being their biggest encouragers. 
As much as the Bible is filled with fear nots, it's filled with encouragement too. Our ultimate desire as Christian parents is that our children will believe, accept, and live for Christ. This comes through our sowing the seed of Christ, as I shared many times earlier through our conduct. We know that training requires discipline, consistency, and structure. A final critical element that must be presented within training is encouragement in all forms, spiritual, physical, and mental. We need to build confidence and hope in our children so that they may continue to move forward in their learning endeavors. Coming to a close in mental nourishment, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11 reads, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Encourage yourself in the truth of the word and encourage your children the same. Wow, today's episode was long, but filled with great biblical truth, personal experiences, and my prayer, encouragement for you as you prepare, begin, or continue the great responsibility of training your children. As parents, we must begin with nourishing our spirits, minds, and bodies so that we can effectively do the same for the next generation. In all we do as parents, We must have structure, discipline, and consistency in our words and actions. We must also remember that our children learn more from what we do than what we say. Therefore, we must examine our ways and hold ourselves accountable by repenting when necessary and getting the truth and instruction from the Word of God. Thank you for tuning in today. May God bless you and keep you.